Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Uh, I'm Moshe. I'm Natasha, Moshe's wife. And that's right. And I... Thank you for finally uh, identifying yourself the way that you ought to be identified. Um, Natasha, I'm going to be at the uh, Bell House this Saturday, but I don't even need to plug it because to be honest with you, it's almost sold out. But you know, it's not almost sold out. My date's the next weekend in Raleigh at Charlie Goodnight's. Uh, So you should come. If you're in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, you should come. But actually more important than going to see Mosh perform. Yep, I was getting to that is coming to my book tour. The tickets just went on sale yesterday and we have shows in some of my favorite cities, D.C., Washington, D.C. Has anyone heard of Washington, D.C.? That's the seat of power of the United States of America, which is my favorite democracy. Boston, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm going to start calling things by their full names. You should call it Philly. (laughs) Nashville, Tennessee. You should call that just Nash. Denver Co. Mm, Loving it. At Chicago, my hometown, kind Shy of. Town. We could call it Shy Town, the Windy City. You should tell everyone your impressions of my hometown after this, too, Mosh. And then don't forget my favorite homeland, Brea. Um, Natasha, we did go to visit Rockford, Illinois, your home, your home, your the the place that made you. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of impressions of it, in fact. And what do you think? Well, I will say that Rockford has I let me start by saying I enjoyed your family and I thought Oh, Natasha's family is hilarious. They're the kind of people who every man introduces himself by his first and last name 100% <laughs> of the time. Hey, Steve Scalapini, how you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Bobby Donnellini, how you doing? <laughs> I used to run the bakery over there on 7th. Hey, Donnellini, Donadini. Every single person. They all went to school with each other. They all have 10 brothers and sisters, and they all know each other's uh, siblings. But also, what the guy say to you? Remember he? Oh my God! This guy comes up to us. <laughs> hey, Donadini, Don, Donatello, Michael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> hey, how you doing there? I'm a Teenage Mutant. Ninja. You might remember me uh, with your dad. I used to fight crime. We were trained by Master Splinter. After we drank some radioactive ooze, we became uh, the, the, the turtles that could fight. Anyway, no, he comes up to us. He's like, Hey, I'm Bobby Dabba Dabby, and he's like. He's this like, is for my dad's funeral, by the way. He's like, oh, I was really good friends with Johnny Legs. Oh, yeah, it was for, we should have mentioned that. It was for Natasha's dad's funeral. And um, he's like, I was really good friends with uh, Johnny Legs. And, uh, and, and That's my dad's and name. He just starts, he starts stream of consciousness talking about like a, a situation where one of the guys was on mushrooms and the <laughs> DEA was there. And he's just telling this long story. And then he gets into, he goes... California. You live in California, right? Love California. Love California. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. I hate Gavin Newsom. And it was, it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was trying to imagine have ever going up to a group of people from Illinois and being like, oh, you guys, Illinois, I love Chicago. I hate whoever the, whatever Polak is the governor of of Illinois. It's so, it was so hilarious to me. He goes, and then he goes, ah, man, I tell you though, California is beautiful. I was up on top of the, the swim up bar, the pool on the roof. There were some bikini babes there. Let me tell you, they were hotter than a two pepper taco. <laughs> Moshe <laughs> kind of spit up his diet Coke. I was, and I, poor Moshe couldn't even eat at the buffet because it was, it was like sausage, meatballs. They had a salad. This is some, Ital- 
It was deep Italian shit. They had a salad with sausage in it. I never knew about that. I never knew that happened. There was sausage in every dish. Even the marinara pasta had ground sausage. There was penne with red sauce. No meat to be found. Not vegetarian. (laughs) Sausage salad. There was sausage salad. It's raw or uh, cooked egg and sausage. That's like the Italian salad. This woman looks at me. She kind of frowns sympathetically and she goes, the bread's vegan. (laughs) So I I think I'll pass. No, she said the bread's vegetarian. It probably wasn't vegan. She said vegan, honey. Okay. They know what's up. They look at me. They see a real uh, Gavin Newsom stand and they go, this guy <laughs> needs vegan bread. Uh, I, we went to a mass. We went to a Catholic mass at your dad, for your dad's funeral. How was it for you? I'm doing all the talking over here. It was interesting being back in mass. Yeah. Mass is a trip. It is kind of like a trip. I should like get high and go. You know what mass feels like? I it just, feels almost like ayahuasca. You know what I just realized mass feels like? What? You're at... um. You're at a magic show for a grand illusionist, but he doesn't know any of the tricks. So there's never the like, da, 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 da. It's just all the like weird setup. I was taking our child around and it's oh, a, my child, Moshe. Sorry. I was taking your child around who, by the way, your Italian family was so charmed by her. I told her they were going to pinch her cheeks. So we like rehearsed it. They came through. <laughs> hey, what about that woman that was flirting with me though? Oh my God. Then this old lady comes up to me and she's like, there's just something about your husband. I read his book. And I, and I what did she say? She, she was, said, oh, she goes, no, she goes, there's something about your husband. Well, you probably know what it is. She's been thinking about the dong, dude. <laughs> she was like 75, but she said she read your book and it really influenced her or something. I love it. I love it. Natasha, you've got a book coming out. You've got a book tour coming out. I want everybody to buy that book. I want everybody to go see it. Well, actually, if you come to one of my shows at the city wineries in these cities like D.C., Philadelphia, uh, Denver, D- uh, Chicago, um, it, each Brea. I love Brea. Um, each uh, ticket comes with a signed book. Yeah, it comes and I'm gonna with a book. I'm gonna do stand up. I'm gonna read from the book. It's gonna uh, be I'm, great. This sounds like a fun show. And they give you your own like pro- like bottle of wine with your face on it. Really? At the, the at the city to each person. I bet you they could buy them. Oh, they could buy a bottle of wine with your face on it. I don't know. Hope, let's hope. Hey, Donnellini Tatadini. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing over there? Hey, hey, you, you, you're of the Jewish faith. They're good. very open, though. They don't. They're not bigoted like that. No, they're not. And uh, it's a good time to be not bigoted against Jews. Let me just say that uh, stressful times out there for the Jewish people, and um, and it's been showing in some cracks in my exoskeleton. We got into a fight, Natasha, you and I, the other day because I physically assaulted a lime bike. <laughs> Remember? That was weird. It was weird. Because the lime bike was like in the street, I, standing I, up, and I, right by our house. I said, Moshe, can you just like move it to the street sign? And so he moves it to the street sign and then pushes it. I and then it, it falls over. next to this like worker's car. He almost scratches this dude's car. That was a mistake. Who's like built working on the fence next door and staring at his car. That was a mistake. I, I, I wanted to hurt the bike. I didn't want to hurt the worker. And I did the worker's car. In the end, I didn't. Even if his car wasn't there, you shouldn't Here's what I want. tip a lime bike Why? over. First of all, they're huge. They weigh like 50 pounds. No, they don't. They're way more dangerous on the ground. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. A kid could trip on them. A kid could trip on them. And if you want them out of your neighborhood, might as well keep it up so people can see it. No. If you if you I, put it down, people will miss it. I and wanna, It'll stay there as trash. First of all, you speak like a person who doesn't understand the Lime app. They <laughs> GPS you to the closest Lime bike. But what I want is for at the end of the night when the when the when the Lime pirates come. <laughs> 
to collect all the bikes to charge them. I want them to see that people are not happy with these fucking little little you think bikes it should be being like, peppered all over our neighborhood without our consent. They're just fucking everywhere. It's in the middle of the fucking street. I couldn't make a turn. Fucking. Do I sound like a, a male ca- a Marin? <laughs> a Ken. A Ken. Wait, but maybe. But I'm not um, caring about those line bikes. It's so fucking annoying. They just decided all of a sudden that they could season our sidewalks with an endless supply of of bikes just because they're a business and they they're gonna they're gonna disrupt the space. We're gonna disrupt the sidewalk space. So you think it should be like city bikes, like totally arranged and a place that you drop be, off and pick up, I th- or something? I just don't. But I don't think they have anything like that. You here. know, I do make one exception. Yeah. When I'm out of town. And I need a line bike. Then I am really happy that they're all over the place. But when You've it, never used a line bike. I, I sure can't have. use it. It's so massive. I sure have. And they're not massive. You're just a tiny little pipsqueak of a p- Honey, person. they're huge. They're regular size. And no, you they're are not. miniature. You are literally like a glass menagerie figurine. <laughs> and they are a regular size scooter. <laughs> I mean, it's so hilarious that you think they're massive. They're, they are. They. No one's ever thought the problem with line bikes is how hefty they are. Well, maybe there's a different brand. There's no. also many brands and they all have the same bag. Oh, are you talking about giant e-bikes? No, those it's the black same, ones. No, giant e-bikes is a trippy company. It's the same business model as line bike, but the bikes are actually 15 feet tall. <laughs> and so they're like, you have to be a circus performer to be able to use one. All right. Well, listen, should we uh, do something else besides Yeah, let's this? do something. Okay. You want to do something? Why don't we take a caller? I love that idea. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know what I like in an advertiser? What? When something comes down the pike and I'm like, this is a service I didn't realize I needed until I started utilizing it. And Wild Grain, it's the bill. Who doesn't want frozen carbs in their freezer that are like Ready to 15 bake. minutes away from like, I made Hot the ass. sourdough bread for my daughter this weekend. Crusty ass. 20 minutes in the oven. It was so delicious. It's so yummy. You put blueberry jam on it. And then the... Yesterday, I made the fresh pasta that was from the freezer, and it tasted so much better than those boxed pastas. Absolutely, because and it's I put that it with soft, pesto, and it was amazing. Freshy, so tangy, you know, chewy, delicious noodles, and then they have these chocolate chip cookies that are so fudgerific. I mean, they're can you fat. not say that word though, Mosh? No, I have to say it actually contractually, but they're fat too. They're these fat, like littered with chocolate chip cookies, and I was making the the direct and they give you this like giant you know like cafe size chocolate chip cookie but then we were down to one and i broke it into fours or uh, and i think you made six six out of one cookie and we had six little cookies and they were like chips ahoy but they were soft and fresh wild grain they'll send this stuff to you all frozen it goes in your freezer and you just bop it out when you're ready to cook and honestly those cookies and even the bread are all fudgerific all you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash honeymoon and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. And this holiday season, Wild Grain is featuring delicious new limited-time sweet treats such as pumpkin cinnamon rolls, orange cranberry biscuits, and chocolate avalanche croissants. You know what those chocolate avalanche croissants sound like to me? F- fudgerific. For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon to start your subscription. That's right. You heard us. Free croissants, free croissant 
in every box and $30 off that first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon. That's wildgrain.com slash honeymoon. Or you can use promo code honeymoon at checkout. Let's call Giselle and Modesto. Modesto. How did Modesto escape my tour? Oh, yeah. Modesto is the Brea of the Central Valley. I don't even know where Modesto is. Modesto is... Near Palm Springs? Well, you can connect. Modesto is an hour and a half away from Los Angeles, from uh, the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. It's the place where I... Giselle, just hold on as I review your town. (laughs) It's the place where I did my first ever out-of-town gig where I got a hotel. Ever. And I was Modesto? Yeah, the Fat Cat. Does that still exist, Giselle? The Fat Cat? It does, yeah. So the Fat Cat was a comedy club. It was a dance club that did comedy first. And if you came to the comedy show, you got into the dance club for free. This sounds like your first headlining set. First feature set. First feature set. (laughs) And can you imagine, Giselle, the demographic of people that want to go to the dance club? They're just there to get their um, electric slide on, but they're being forced to watch a comedy show in order to get free admission. They did not like the comedy or ethnic product that I brought to the table. I did say I'm Jewish and someone began to boo. Now, it was the first uh, gig I ever got out of town, first hotel I ever got out of town. Also, the first gig I ever called the booker and said, I'm, I can't ever return. And I thought my career was over. You were I, doing your own bookings then? Hell yeah. This was early days. And I thought that the guy, the booker, would destroy my career because I wouldn't go back to the fat cat. Giselle, how okay, can, are you? Can Giselle talk now, Moshe? I just wanted to give her some context that I have some bias against her just based on uh, when I saw that Modesto. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I just moved to Modesto from Oakland. Okay, Michelle. okay, okay. You're back in my good graces. I like you again. So chill. Okay, okay. <laughs> Consider me checked. I'm checked. What's happening? I'm a little nervous. Um, okay, so my baby is turning two on Friday, oh. and I'm feeling a sense of urgency to have another baby while the age gap is not so wide. The issue is that my first pregnancy was pretty traumatic. Um, and it's pretty likely that if I have another baby, I will have preeclampsia again, or I'll have more complications again. And I'm just not sure if the risk is worth it. Or if I even want another kid. Um, My husband was pretty traumatized by it too. So he's been hesitant about it. I think I want another kid. Um, I'm just not sure. I kind of feel a little selfish. The other thing is that I don't know if my pregnancy was actually that traumatic because I feel like most birth stories are pretty wild. Wait, I have a question. Do you have a question, Natasha? I have a, a. Well, I guess I would like to know why. What's the main reason, if you had to think of one reason, that you want to have another kid? I want a companion for my current kid. I want my. If I have multiple children, I want them to grow up together and like experience childhood together. You you don't want just your kid and you and then friends for the kid and cousins and just like an act. And, and Modesto. Let's not forget the <laughs> backdrop, you know. Well, I'm just saying if for a playmate, if that's the only reason, it feels like there's so much refereeing for like the first five years that if you can just like make an if you don't, if, if that's the main reason, couldn't, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to like plan a lot of things for my kid and have her have like a really active life and like get her in like a lot of different classes and things that she likes and 
you know, I'm just trying to make sure she's really socialized, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I think she'll be fine. And I enjoy it more because I don't have to deal with two kids. <laughs> but, you know, I obviously it would be very amazing if she had a playmate here and they just sat and played all day, just like play date, like having a play date. But instead, I just try to be really active and arrange play dates for her. Um, I don't know. Well, I got a question, Giselle. Yeah. Well, the trauma that you're referring to with your pregnancy, was it for the pregnancy or was it the, the actual birth that was that was rough? Well, she had preeclampsia, right? What's, I don't know what preeclampsia is. I, I assume it comes just before clampsia. Yep, that's correct. Okay, I do know Usually what it is. Usually the preeclampsia goes away when you give birth. So it happened about a week before the baby left my body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the impact of it lasted for about a month afterwards. So I couldn't see clearly for a month because... Whoa. The blood pressure was so bad that my retina swelled too. It was wow, just like crazy. not great. It was not great. But I feel like a lot of people have a not great experience with childhood. But that doesn't matter. It's like, how was it for you? Was it a low point for you? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing that matters. It also sounds... And someone else might have something way more traumatic and not have been affected by it. And someone else might have had something that would be no big deal to you and they're super you know, traumatized by it. It's just like, it just depends on the person. So it's like, how was it for you? It sounds like it was a low. Okay, well now you know that. So you could try to manage that. I just think it's like, it might be really worth thinking and even making a physical list of pros and cons because if there's a strong part of you that doesn't want to have another kid, there are a lot of pros to not having another kid. That's true. I will say that Natasha is both correct about um, how dope it is to have just one kid and also biased against not having another kid no i'm not biased you don't you are adamantly not wanting another kid i mean the thing she's saying is so amazing when your kid is like not asking you to play with them but they have someone else to play with (laughs) i mean i don't know it's like i do i can't have another kid i could adopt one but like well what about that Giselle? what about adopting or fostering a kid if in fact, it's really about your kid having a playmate. And like, then you wouldn't hurt yourself and you could stay in right. your... Is that, I, I, that's a personal... I mean, I, I get it. That can be difficult to wrap your brain around. No, I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I, I have considered it. It feels like it would be really expensive, mm. like potentially prohibitively expensive. It's extremely expensive. You can be on waiting lists for years and years. And um, a lot of these kids can be very traumatizing coming from like drugs. And well, I don't know. It just feels like that's a lot to take on potentially too. One is, fa- oh, you're saying adoption. Well, adoption you're seems expensive. You're adopting a kid whose mom was on drugs. Fostering, and- on the other hand, you can start to get straight paid, you know, and that's what it's about. <laughs> okay. That's what fostering is really about. What it's does your a- husband think? He was not down up until a couple months ago. So um, he likes having one kid. He likes having one kid more than he liked uh, the delivery well, and the potential of going through that again. I have a question. That's good because he really cares about you. So like on your pro list is that your husband doesn't want to have another kid. So it's like for Moshe, no, I had to convince that. him he to just, only have one kid because he, he really wanted two kids. He just doesn't want a blind wife because he doesn't want to have to care for the kids <laughs> by himself. What I'm curious, I'm just trying to infuse this bad boy with comedy. Um, what I'm cu- I'm curious, um, 
if you did a C-section, would it prevent your possibilities of preeclampsia? I don't really understand. That's a great no. joke, Moshe. No, that one wasn't humor. <laughs> that was a real question. <laughs> no. No, it wouldn't. No, I had a C-section the oh, first wow. time. Oh, wow. Crazy. Pre- and it would definitely happen to you again if you did it. It's pretty likely. I had a, a preconception consultation with an OB and I think that's what's throwing me too. The OB was so chill about it. He was not that worried. And so now I feel like I don't have to be that worried. Oh, he was but like, know, who cares if you get it again? It'll go away. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Kind of. Or no, it was just his affect. Mm. He was saying like, yes, this is pretty life-threatening. But also. Oh, it's life-threatening? We can handle it. Wait, 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 wait. Giselle, it's li- potentially life-threatening? He said those words, but he was also not that worried about it. Giselle. I think maybe Giselle, a different Giselle, doctor Giselle. might be good. I mean, this is an easy decision. It's not an easy emotional decision. It's a difficult emotional decision. But like, okay, with our kid, right? Our story is that we, uh, we I've told it before, but that Natasha froze a bunch of eggs. We weren't having any luck with um, with regular uh, style and we didn't have any luck with doggy style and so we we you know just raw dog didn't work so then we moved on to like ivf and hormone therapy that didn't work so to, she, to try to jumpstart my own eggs even though i had some saved because i didn't have that many saved and right. i was still of childbearing age so then we went to her frozen eggs and then i busted a nut all over the frozen eggs and uh and that worked and then they tested four, four of them and like or there were eight of them and we tested them and four of them died and then one of them we implanted and it died and then another one died and then there was just one left and then we were like damn this isn't going to work you know so they, they were like it's like 25 percent chance that the last one will work and then it did and that's our kid and so i'm like the universe just gave us this like lucky break to have this kid and that like the universe has decided that she's going to be an only child and that's just the way it's going to be I mean, I'm not, you know, you. it sounds to me with the words life-threatening, if you'd said that at the beginning, this is an easy an easy decision practically to make, mm-hmm. not emotionally. It's a very difficult decision to make emotionally. But practically, you don't you want to risk a life-threatening illness when you're ambivalent about whether or not you want another kid. It's like the, the universe has spoken. God has spoken. The mother Gaia has spoken. You get this beautiful gift of having this kid and your health and your husband who loves you. I, that's what it seems like to me. It's just like, read the signs. It's, it's, it seems like the, the world's talking to you. And then take that energy that you would take and money and everything into another child and just make sure your kid's always in like a karate camp or something and has like <laughs> right. other friends and just, you, you know, just try a little extra hard. And also if you do decide this, I think you have to get to a place where you guys really celebrate having one kid and it's a choice because of your health situation mm-hmm. and then don't look back and don't have regrets because that'll feel bad, you know, and you're choosing you over this other baby. So I think that if you guys kind of know that as a family, it makes it a little easier because it doesn't seem worth risking your life for. I don't think so either. Well, shit. Now I have to put the IUD back in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, or you know what? Or save up, you know, $30,000 and get a surrogate in India. But, you know, that is a... You could freeze your eggs right now if you still have this thing in your head. I mean, it's still a lot. It's like probably $12,000 or something. 
at the least. It's not cheap. I, when I did it, it was 8,000. But I'm just saying you could do that up until you're 38. So maybe it's like, yeah, if if in some time you decide whatever, then maybe revisit it. But The life-threatening thing just kind of was like, that's the part where I'm like, okay, we're, it just feels like you, chill affect dude has spoken. It's like life-threatening. No, you. I mean, if you were like, I'm a committed, I'm willing to risk it all, maybe. But you're even even in that framework. You're like, I don't even know. Or your if, religion was like, I must breed. But no religion. That's the thing. It's like, I'm from a religion that encourages uh, endless childbirth. Me too. Yeah, we both are. We're from the classics. And my Judaism would tell you, no, you don't. You had the kid. You fulfilled your what they call a mitzvah to bring bring life into the world. You did that. It happened. Catholicism would want you to have the kid so that you would hopefully die and they could get a younger wife. <laughs> That's not a fair analysis of Catholicism. But I'm just saying, life threatening. I'm out. I'm out. Adopt, foster, get a surrogate, make plans to have a single and kid. enjoy. And have enjoy a fun it. life and just try to if the social thing is the main reason there's got to be ways to like counter that like s- make sure there's always like birthday parties you go to the birthday parties you you host friend dates you know hopefully she gets a homie or he and then like you know i think it's just imp- up to you cousins you know just like make it feel like they're you're shaking your head am i is, is this a pipe dream No, no, no. You're right. You're right. It takes a little extra effort. That's all. It just sounds harder for me. I see. Because you imagined two kids. I'm not as social. Ah. Right. (laughs) I just don't like the idea of forcing myself into social situations so that my kid is in social situations. Uh, Yeah. For some reason, I do that. I do that. I mean, I'm just Giselle. I've been trying to... And honestly, it's exhausting. (laughs) I've been trying to make little jokes this whole time, but my real analysis of you is that you're hard on yourself. I'm feeling mm-hmm. that the whole thing where you dismissed your own trauma as like uh, not important just because a doctor had a mm-hmm. uh, schizoid personality disorder. Like, you know, it's okay for you to feel bad and to, and to mourn the fact that you had this physical ailment. That is significant information. And, and you have this healthy baby that came from it. So you okay, won. It's okay to celebrate that too, that you made it. You the, triumphed over this. Yes. This thing that doesn't always end positively. And it's okay for it to feel bad. And it's okay for it to feel like fucked up. And it's okay for you to be like, I don't want to go bring him to the fucking cookout. It's all okay. Everything is okay. Uh, and, and you know, you just, I mean, obviously you have a hard decision to make, but it seems to me when the words life-threatening come up, and I look at my perfect family with my husband who loves me and my kid who's awesome and two years old and just could get all of my attention. I'm like, just like Natasha said, I won. I triumphed. It, it happened. And you don't have to have your kid have an active life. You don't have to necessarily be there. You can like just make sure she's enrolled in cool things that she finds an interest in and, you know, always at a, a something enriching or a camp or, you know, music or just something where you can drop her off three nights a week or whatever, you know? Three-person families are nimble. My RV has three seats. No one else can join. And we can jump in and we can bounce anytime. Let's go. The world's ending. Let's go. I don't want to have to go out and be like, Thomas, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, Samantha, Terwilliger, uh, Donnie DeMarco, everybody in the everybody in the RV. I don't want to have to. Re- to I'm happy with. Remember, my-, my dad said that he and his like seven siblings would. My Nana would take them on a train to New Orleans. And Can you imagine with like seven kids on, on a train tra- to New Orleans? You would definitely come back missing one. So. <laughs> Good luck. And listen, save up. If I mean, it's easy to say, but surrogacy, if, if you don't want to adopt and you don't want to do the foster thing, surrogacy is not cheap, but it is. Maybe you'll find yourself in more money, you know, or not that you, I don't know how much money you have, but I mean, that is like an extreme expense. Well, but there are ways to make it cheaper. <clears throat> and unfortunately, they are um, weird surrogacy mills in India. But I'm just saying, look at your options. There's options out there. There's fostering, there's adopting, there's surrogacy. There are other options before you tap out completely, but life-threatening, that's kind of like, that's feeling like, that's a gnaw. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you are saying what I have been telling myself and have been in denial about it too. So that makes sense. Well, you're gr- it's a little disappointing, though, isn't it? You're grieving. You're grieving this this I, this dream that you thought you had this vision of what you thought your life was going to be. I have a lot of friends in your position, and I think they want to have more kids, but they're most of them are just kind of like older, so they can't. You know, they don't have this preeclampsia, but it's still the same feeling, and it's still the same loss and. Yeah. Mourning for that, you know. I I never can I never pictured myself with one kid. So like I'm happy with one. But like I think a lot of people have this really strong vision of what their life for kids should be like and a lot of times it mirrors theirs and you know. <clears throat> yeah, I think like It's got to be hard. As I say, call it like grieving and it is. It's like grief and it's it, okay to give yourself permission to feel that grief. This is a good kind of grief because uh it it includes a happy ending it's like the grief is real and it's significant and it should be acknowledged and paid attention to and processed for sure but also it's grief that has this like beautiful thing which is like but i do have a family i do i'm not like giving up on that idea i've got this awesome family you in in the in the pantheon of grief and i do think comparing your suffering to other people's suffering is kind of a fool's errand because there's just like natasha said always somebody out there that's got it worse but looking on the bright side is always a good idea. And the bright side is literally in the room next door to you right now. And if you ever feel really depressed, just think of someone you know who has a problem child sibling. Oh, yeah, that's real. And you could just think like, oh, if I had another kid, it could have like totally disrupted my life. They'd like be that. in rehab right there's, now. There's still like a 40% chance that could happen probably with anybody. They'd be in rehab by the time they're 14. If you think you don't like social situations, <laughs> try family group. Now that's I really a- do think about that too, though, is that this kid is really great. And there's a chance that if I have another one, they it'll, might not be as great. That's exactly what I think. He's stuck with a second shitty kid. Oh, yeah. You might get a wonky one. You never know. You never know. <laughs> it's true. And by the way, if you ever get down, if you ever really get down on yourself, you get a babysitter, you head on over to the fat cat in Modesto, and you get your groove oh, on. Pass. Ignore that. Ignore the comedy for the first 45 minutes. You go get your groove on to Montel Moshe. Jordan and the hits of the 90s. Moshe, were you selling your CDs out there too? Oh, not after that show. I was like, nobody's <laughs> buying these fucking CDs. I'm out of here. Oh, poor Moshe. And Giselle, I guess just uh, try to be happy. 
know, it's focus on the positive and there's a lot of positives. That's that's always to me that's always the best the best kind of pain is the one where you could turn away from it and say there's so much other beauty that I could pay attention to. And you the know? good news is if you wait five or six years, then they can babysit each other. So they might not be able to play with each other. Oh, that's true. But then you'll have like another good age. Yeah, that's so, true. So <clears throat> That was me, though. I my sister's nine years younger than me. So I really if I have another kid, it has to be now. Well, take out a loan, get an Indian (laughs) surrogate, fly to Calcutta, see what you got. Okay, good luck. Giselle. I hope we helped you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. That's tough. I felt bad for her. Yeah. But you know what? Only children are statistically they make more money. They're smarter. They're happier. Yeah. No. Right. It was just a lie what they told everyone in the 80s that they were weird because they want people to like be consumers. They don't want you to just have one kid and have like a nice. Okay, Bernie. <laughs> okay, I hear you, Bernie. But you know what? I write all about this in my book. The world deserves my children. So, How, But you have a book out? Mm-hmm. Can people get it? Yeah. How would they get it? Uh, you can pre-order it on my Instagram. Amazing. How about um, another call? Uh, yeah, why not? Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know how I have been fantasizing about when our little pups leave to the great pound in the, the, the great beyond that I will get... Those a pearly gates up there. The pearly gates. The pearly little dog gates with a little teeny gate so that the dogs can get through. That I'll get us a German shepherd that can protect our family. You finally got it? Well, the good people at Petsy's created this German shepherd just for me and it's an aspirational um, stuffed animal. But if you have a pet you can send into this awesome new company called Petsies and Budsies. They make two different products that are both so creative and so cool. You can send them a real picture of your real pet and they will make a doll to recreate your pet so that you can like give it to your kid when they go out of town so that you can bring it with you when you go on the road to work. And also you can bring your child's art to life with Budsies. They can turn your child's art into real stuffed animals. So, yeah. I mean, it's like if you've got something and you want to turn it into a toy uh, from something that you love. I mean, what a cool idea that you can get a little German Shepherd. Would you Would you feel safe walking in our neighborhood at night with this Petsy? No, but if you send them a picture of Mayor Cutie, they'll make a little Mayor Cutie. And I definitely want that. Definitely. So can you get that for me, please? For the holiday, they're still accepting holiday orders, but get orders in early as spots do run out. Visit Budsies.com for 10% off using the code HONEYMOON. I mean, this is the perfect gift for your animal lover, friend, or for if, if you want to give someone the art of your child. By the way, if you want to send it to a grandma, grand, yeah, a grandparent, I was just going to say, a, a drawing that your kid made, or I mean, I assume they don't even have a... Uh, a filtration system where they can tell it's a child's art. You could get a you could get a Basquiat made and just say, "Yeah, my kid did this. That's, Please recreate it." That's Budsies B U D S I E S dot com, and the promo code is Honeymoon Budsies ten percent off. Budsies B U D S I E S dot com, promo code Honeymoon ten percent off. You could get you could have a dog your very own. Look at this little dog. Look at this little fella, huh? Ain't he cute? Look at that little Budsy over there. Budsies and Petsies. Okay, we're going to call Julian Catalonia. Is that Spain? I believe it is. And if I could describe the physical opposite of the town of Modesto, Modesto California, <laughs> it would definitely be Catalonia, Spain. Vale. Uh-huh. 
Hola Ibale or something like that. How are Hola. you? Hola. How's it going in Spain? I want to be in Spain. Oh my God, I want to be We've in Spain. We've been watching 90 Day Fiance. So, you know, we're kind of like really ready to get our travel on. Which, by the way, do you watch that show? Uh, I haven't, but I've I've heard of it and heard that I should watch it. Well, so basically what, what I figured out is should people... Should is strong language on that show. <laughs> people People buy like really expensive clothes and then they go on vacation and they meet people and they fall in love and then they go back to live at their mom's house and then they're like, oh, I'm going to marry that. We're getting be, married. Be careful. It might be literally what happened to our caller. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing in Spain? Let's start there. So then the whole show is um, all these like English here. Okay. Oh, OK, you're good. You're good. I was just going to say the oh, whole sorry. show is the whole show is just people um, m- engaged people who met in like a really glamorous situation like in Catalonia and then now they're li- the guy's living at his mom's house realizing in Tennessee. It, realizing how awful people are in person. Yeah. So, um, all right. So tell us what's you, up. You, you're living in Cat. Do you not want to say what city? Um, it's a tiny town. No one's heard of. Oh. I'm about an hour train ride outside of Barcelona. Oh man. I want to be in a tiny town in Spain. Dr- eating that pan con tomate. Oh, that stuff. Oh, Why is that so good? Some papas bravas, baby. Spain Get is really me to nice. Spain. Although when we were there, they were telling us that there's bloated rats in the ocean. There might be bloated rats, dude, but that's just because the food's so good. No, it's like you're swimming and then there's like rats anyway, kind of like I swimming love Spain. next to you. I'm a Spain. I'm a Spain stan. I'm a Spain freak. Spain, Spain, Spain file. I'm a Spainophile. Spanophile. Okay. Anyway, what's up? How can we help? So I uh, met a guy over the summer. I've been here about nine months. Uh-oh. Um, and because I'm in a tiny town, there aren't a lot of people that speak English here. Um, but I met a guy over the summer um, and we connect. And he said he wanted a relationship, but there's an age difference. So where's he from? Is he from, is he from the, your, the same country you're from? No, he's from small no, town Spain. he's from Portugal. Ooh. Okay. okay. And he speaks English. He speaks very good English. And he's, what's the age gap? Um, 13 years. And how old is he and how old are you? Uh, he's 22 and I'm 35. Okay. Ooh, this is starting to sound a lot like the latest season of 90 Day <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep going. Keep Sorry. going. We're listening. We're listening. Um, so at first, like, cause of the age difference, I was really hesitant to like get involved. I was like, okay, 23. Nice, oh my God. Mm-hmm. 23, 22. Like, uh, I mean, maybe a Portuguese man can kind of oh, like get it together. Well, hold but, on. Hold on. Let's hear her out. Okay. Go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so I will say that like, he's had a lot of interesting experiences in life and he's mu- way more mature than I would expect a 22 year old to be. They, everyone says um, that they're always like. <laughs> Very, very smart. She, yeah, she's like really knows a lot about, um, yeah, very, very, very mature for her age. And okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm on your side. Meanwhile, still. they don't know like any references. I had a feeling Natasha would be against this. Well, I mean, listen. No, I had a friend who I, uh, they, they did not, they were dating a girl who didn't, um, what was it? She didn't know. She didn't know who Martin Scorsese was. <laughs> <laughs> she had never heard of him like he was the first person to mention that name so i'm just saying okay. like there's a lot of i'm, I'm not saying every situation is like that but like there is like there's a a reference gap okay okay but hold on what okay hear her out okay. we, we know 22 year olds are idiots <laughs> 
No, 32 year olds are idiots. So 22 year olds are like. All right. So what's up? I'm, I'm still with you. I'm still fighting for you. I'm like that. I'm like a matador right now. And Natasha's like an angry bull and I'm trying to keep her off of you. <laughs> so at first he was like very much like, I want a relationship with you. You're great. Like I want to date you. Um, and then after some time I was like, okay, like maybe like, let's see how this could work. And as soon as I said I was interested, he said, oh, never mind. I'm not interested anymore. I still think you're great, but with the age difference and everything, um, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, and on top of that, he's like currently in Asia studying for school. Mm, so what's the advice? I mean, yeah, what's, yeah. What's I'm it? trying to figure out like if I you should, should definitely like, not contact him. <laughs> that was my question is if I like, cause no. he still wants to keep talking to me and he still says that like, he doesn't know how he's going to feel in the future. Like, do oh. I kind of fuck like, him? Like, like, easy for him to say, <laughs> but, but he's it's got, your own fault. He's 22. Easy for him to say. He's got lots of future. You know, he's like, yeah, who knows? I got 65 more years to live. It's going to be great. I mean, and, and what do you really like about him? He's the only other person who speaks English in your village. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I think you can find somebody else. Natasha. <laughs> Natasha's got a soft touch, I will say. You know what? It's good. It's good that it broke up because I was going to say, because I thought you were about to say that he wants to get serious. And what I was going to say about 90 Day Fiance is the real red flags are always the young, hot guy who goes, or or hot girl who goes, I always dreamed of America. My entire life, <laughs> I wanted to live in the Big Apple. American girl? I, I, American city? So this Where is good. In, this in is the is U.S.? You're from the States? At least he's not like a hustler. Because that always that's the hustle vibe. Whenever anybody on that show goes, America has been my dream since I was a little boy. I'm like, okay, this I is a con. I will move to South Dakota to get there. Okay, so she, the guy broke it off with you. He said that it's... He's, he's like, I still want to talk to you. So you're like, should I call him? No. He, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. should we keep going? I guess no. No, of course not. I mean, no. You just need to like shake him. I'm sorry. It sucks. You got your, you got a weekend of Portuguese passion. You got the linguisa of your life and you're ha just take it as a happy memory. And you don't want to be pining for a young guy like that. Like you're too, you, you know, it's like, I, I would go the opposite direction. I think what I it is. I would go for someone older than you. You're probably lonely because you're literally living in small town Spain and can't even can't even talk to anybody. So, I mean, why? how could you not be lonely? Rather than um, pining after a 22-year-old who's already said he's not interested, mm -hmm. I would say no contact and get on Spanish Tinder. Mm. Tinder. 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 I mean, really, try try taking the train into Barcelona, uh, you know, every other week and going on a date in Barcelona. A day date. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would do that. What's the fantasy? Play it out. You know, they used to say that in AA. They would say, play the tape. Play the tape. What what happens here? Well, so to like add some context of like why I would be like, okay, not making it serious right away is like I'm somewhat recently divorced. I got divorced like two years ago. So I wasn't looking for a relationship anyway. Um, but yeah. But he doesn't even like you. Like he's, I mean, or he doesn't want to be around. He's like, he's not saying we can, we can have sex once in a I while. I think he is. is. He? I think we just realized she's being coy. And what he said. So was he's he, saying we can still fuck whenever I want to. He was saying, yeah, I'd be down to fly in and we could have like a, a, a sexual fling, but I don't want to be serious. Is that right? We have joked about being like international lovers that I meet see. up occasionally. I mean, here's the reality. 
I can, I can, this, this one I can see like as clear as day. You um, want to pretend that you could just use him as a boy toy, but you are a little bit sprung on him, as we say in, in the Bay. Um, you're sprung. <laughs> And you're pretending that like maybe you could unsprung yourself because the story you told is he was pursuing you and you turned to him and said, yes, I'm in, pursue me. And then at that moment, he's like, boing, I'm out, right? And now you're saying maybe yeah. I can go do, this is like classic stuff, the classic, I hate to be reductive, but woman stuff, where it's like, maybe I can reconfigure my emotions to then turn you into a booty call. Now, because if you were in America and this was an American, I'd be like, absolutely fuck no run for the hills you deserve better get out of there the fact that you're trapped in small town catalonia with no one to talk to i'm like I, it's hard for me to say do not have a fling with this guy but i would say proceed at your own risk because you already know you're going to get hurt at the end of this thing because he's 22 and then he's gonna have a new girlfriend 100 percent. he's gonna treat and you like shit yeah and I mean, you're gonna just... be like what I, well, I, I thought that we you know you're mature he's right. not right so you're it's a like woman. you're a woman you're he... already more matured than him if you're 20 if you're the same age as him you know you're you're a woman he not but a boy and and, he, <laughs> and he, he's gonna treat you like you know you're gonna be disappointed in the future but you're going to have more fun in small town Catalonia if a Portuguese stud comes to visit every once in a while. And what's cool is you won. You had the fling. You did it. You got divorced and then you fucked a hot 22-year-old. This is eat, and pray, now, love territory. And now it's like a notch in your buckle, you know, or whatever they say. They you say know? notch if, in if your you, belt. <laughs> if, you, if you pine after him now and like fuck him a few times and it ends really badly and you get depressed or whatever, it's like, and he takes you away from meeting someone cooler and more appropriate for you then you don't win anymore. 22. So I think you should just stop. 22. 22. <laughs> it's not, It's he's not 28. He's not, it, 22 is like a dumb boy. Even, he, even though he probably has a handlebar mustache. Yeah, even if he's lived many lives, he's still a dumb 22-year-old boy. And he's telling you that, to his credit. He's telling you that very clearly. Hey, I'm just a boy. I am not going to give you what you want. And I'm going to probably be inconsiderate you want that that's kind of what he's saying and then you got to ask yourself am i willing for a few weekends of companionship and gratification to accept the fact that i'm going to get burned because you're going to get burned oh you could date so if the if his dick is that good it you probably could is. you could date other people too yeah and that's one reason why i've i've considered it is because um like if I'm not in a relationship and like, like he and I can keep each other company while we're in foreign countries. But like the second somebody else comes along, I can be like, okay, thanks. Bye. But let me, let me clarify what it means to go on an international fling with a 22 year old who said, you're too old for me. I think I'm not, don't want to do this, but I'd be down to still fuck you. You go to Thailand <laughs> with that guy, right? You're like, Ooh, this is my international boyfriend, but it's not serious at any moment. I can go, you go to Thailand with him. He's there with you. He's staying in the hotel. He goes to a bar. He sees some other hot chick that he thinks is hot. He fucks her that night. That that's the kind of thing that twenty-two year old person happens. Uh, I'm not saying that that will happen, but that's like steal yourself for that. He's not like gonna be your man in in these other countries. He's gonna be there until some other flight of fancy takes him. And also, like, you don't really need to weigh and consider this because nothing's happened. So, like, why don't you just let him make a move and then you can consider it? You know, if he's like, come on, let's just fuck one, one last time, 
you know, then you can be like, okay, let me think about this and see if you're up for it. Maybe you'll say like, no, you know, I want I want something else. But I can't say don't. I don't do think it. you should. I don't think you should go make a move towards him for I, sex. I can't say don't do it because I really do feel your plight. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to just be sitting in an apartment in a small town in Spain with no one to talk to and nobody to hold you. I, I would probably, I would probably dance with the devil as well if I were in your position. But just know that it's a devil. Hey, maybe and it's the, time to come back home. You, you know what? Or maybe it's time to move to a bigger city in Spain. There we go. Yeah, I'm I'm here until June next year, but I'm thinking that I want to try and go to a bigger city yeah. um, the next school year if possible. I mean, who dreamed of, nobody dreams of going to the, where are you from in America? Uh, Seattle. Nobody dreams to going to the, to the Vancouver, Washington. You know what I mean? I'm going to go to America and I'm going to yeah. live, I'm going to live in Squamish. Nobody, that's probably a beautiful place, but my point is, you, you, your dream when you want to have this international trip is not to live in like some tiny town in the middle of nowhere in that town. You want to go see the fucking, you want to see a bull die. You want to see. Yeah, ruins aren't, you know, you, you want to see. Ruins don't get your dick wet. Yeah, you want to see fascism roar back. You want to go to an all night um, Italian house club in, in Ibiza. You want to get, you know, you, you want to get your Spain on. So go get your Spain on. That's what we think. All right. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Adios. Y vaya con Dios. Bye, honey. Watch 90 Day Fiancé. Yeah, do watch 90 Day Fiancé. It might actually help you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Moshe, speaking of Ibiza, it has turned into Ibiza in our house because you have started DJing upstairs, and I feel like I'm uh, dancing on the beach with uh, Bianca Jagger's children. (laughs) You know, Natasha the other day asked me if I was um, DJing that loud to fuck with her. And I was, she was being serious. And I was like, no, I've never thought about you. When well, I, it was like the middle of the day and it was so loud. I just don't know. And we how, share office space and it was in your office and you didn't even ask me if I, that was okay. Right. That's not how boundaries work though. Boundaries usually work by you saying that's too loud, not by you hoping I would have known it was too loud. Well, maybe there, Boom. Be, well, maybe it would be good if we had some like, time frames where it's cool to blast uh techno music in yeah. the middle of the day when maybe i'm on a zoom yeah because natasha to be fair you have a sound system that you've set up in your office and you're always blasting edith Piaf <laughs> or what whoever well there's a lot of construction cab so. calloway well i like like loud like jazz music can kind of help get rid of construction well techno actually works better because it kind of works with the construction I know, but the problem is techno sucks <sighs> Natasha, how could you say such a thing? I think I'm going to make t-shirts that say that. I'm sure they've been made before, Natasha, but you go to whatever hot topic you can get distribution at. Good luck to you. If you would like to be a caller on our um, uh, on our podcast, give us shoot us an email. EndlessHoneymoonPod at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to join our Patreon. And before you do that, come see me, come not see Moshe. Natasha. You could see both come of us. Come see me in You're one not of these going to Raleigh. cities. You're not going to Raleigh. Okay, fine. You can go see Moshe in Raleigh, but come see me in Philly, D.C., New, New York. York, Chicago, other places. You didn't places. mention New York before. Ra- Rachel Brosnahan. Am I saying that right? Oh, yes. she's going. It's going to be in conversation. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel herself is going to be interviewing Natasha at the City Winery in New York no, City. No, no. At, at Symphony Space, honey. Oh, I'm so sorry. At Symphony Space in New York City. Give us a call if you want to dump a secret on us. 213-222-8608. Also, and who would you like to see on the podcast? Hit us up. Yeah, let, let us, us know, know who you would like to see on this pod. 
Uh, Natasha, before I go, there is something I do want to let you know. What's that now? It's that I love you. Oh, I love you too. 